Geopolitics and Empire is joined by Ben Massman, who is an architect and engineer from Texas, now living in Panama, where he has created Corazon del Cielo, a place for families seeking new opportunities and a great living environment. The website is corazondelcielo.com. Welcome to Geopolitics and Empire, Ben. Thank you. So, so we spoke uh, previously uh, uh, offline, and I got to know a little bit about your project, which you'll tell us all about. And I'm becoming familiar with many such projects in different parts of the world, and I've interviewed others, uh, you know, building such, uh, you know, Christian or non-Christian communities in Mexico, in the U.S., in Asia, in Latin America. Uh, but you know, before getting to that, you know, how and why. Did you decide to leave Texas and, and to leave uh, America? Well, it, it was a process. It was a waking up process. I, you know, 20 years ago, I would have never thought I would be living in Panama. I thought my life was set. I was married, had children, a good job. I started an architecture firm, was set to, to live out the rest of my life in the same area that I grew up in Texas. And, um, really didn't see things coming the way it turned out. Um, my, I was blind to 9-11 and even the architects and engineers for truth, for 9-11 truth, they tried, they contacted me. And uh, well, I, before becoming an architect, I, I served for six years in the Army Texas National Guard. I was very patriotic. And when they contacted me, I, I didn't want to hear anything about that there could be government involvement with what happened at 9-11. I just totally dismissed, dismissed that and uh, denial that that could even possibly, anything like that could possibly be the case. So it, it was a long road of waking up to the way things are, I guess, or a, a different worldview than what I, I had grew up with. And that came through listening to Christian podcasts and truth, uh, various truth podcasts and radio shows. And I, I, I slowly started to, my eyes started to open. I started to see some of these things that they were, 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 were discussing. And, um, I, I also saw a lot of inconsistencies. I started noticing the inconsistencies with the government, with, uh, media and uh, a lot of the establishments in the political system, the medical system, the education system, all these systems, I started noticing the agenda that was getting pushed forward, uh, the inconsistencies with the stories they would tell. And all that led me to wake up and, and start looking at another determined basic. My, I determined that that the United States wasn't a good place to raise a family is what the, I, I, I could kind of see the writing on the wall. I could have seen the, the way things are going. And, and I saw what was happening to the community. I saw what was happening to the schools. I saw what was happening uh, in, in, in businesses and in, in local politics. All these things were just telling me, you need, you need to find somewhere else. I also feel like God was leading me to, 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 to leave Texas. And at first I looked at, well, maybe there's another English speaking country or another state that would be better. Um, I looked 
all over the world for at, at various demographics and, and, and geopolitical situations to try to determine where would be the best place. Um, after a lot of research and, and prayer, we ended up in, in as Panama was the best option for us. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. The, uh, the economic stability, the family culture, the uh, economic situation, there, there's a rising middle class, the, the level of freedom here. There, there's more freedom, we feel, in, in Panama than in the United States. It, it's more like stepping back. 30, 40, 50 years in history and in, in like it was in the United States, more like, like I grew up. Uh, one of the things being an architect, an engineer, you deal with in the United States a lot with a lot of regulations and a lot of, uh, a lot of restrictions on what you can and can't do. And I, I could see that in the United States and in Western countries, it was just becoming more and more oppressive on the regulations and the government being in your business and government telling you what you can and can't do and making it more and more strict. And, and, and so that was another thing we were looking for and believe we found here in Panama is just more freedom um, uh, on so many levels. So um, seven years ago, we packed up our five kids and our one dog and sold virtually everything and made the move here. And we've been working on uh, building this community here in Volcan, Panama for the last seven years. And um, we, we've seen a lot of changes. We've seen things going still for us in the right direction. I still and feel like the middle class is increasing. The uh, infrastructure is getting better. There's more uh, better roads, better internet, better water, more restaurants. Um, we feel like this is a, a, a place of opportunity and prosperity here. And um, I see it similar to when my great grandparents left Europe and they were looking for a place of more freedom. They are looking for a place of more prosperity and more opportunity. And they went to the United States in the mid 1800s. Uh, but I kind of feel like the United States and much of the West has already peaked. It's already, it's kind of, uh, run its course. And um, we wanted a place where our children could could, write, could, could raise up, be, be, uh, grow up in, in an environment uh, of, of envir environment of prosperity and opportunity and also a more family culture. Um, here in Panama, they don't have abortion. They don't have the uh, confused marriage things that are going on. They don't have uh, the, the woke agenda stuff going on here. In fact, the the, the local schools here, the, the public schools have prayer and uh, Bible class. That they have to do Bible memorization. The, the the principal and the teachers say prayers. I mean, it's like more like the 1950s and 60s. Now, that's not going to be for everybody, but that's the kind of thing we're looking for. We're looking for a, a more traditional cultural environment for our family to be in riots across europe unprecedented food and energy inflation increasing military conflict around the globe and a rising digital police state the fourth turning is here and so is the expat money summit the free online event expatmoneysummit.com is back and will help you navigate these turbulent times featuring dozens of renowned experts such as dr ron paul international man doug casey Jim Rogers and Mark Faber, the summit will reveal how you can reclaim your freedom abroad, 
reduce your tax bill, protect your wealth, obtain multiple citizenships and residencies, become part of a like-minded global community, and more. Founder of expatmoney.com, Mikhail Thorup, will be your guide on this journey to protect yourself from economic collapse, World War III, authoritarian Western regimes, and Klaus Schwab's Great Reset. Simply go to expatmoneysummit.com and enter your email to reserve a free ticket to the event. Do it now. You know, I, I would add that I, I felt moved to leave the U.S. as well in 2005, uh, six, in, in some ways like you. And th that's not to say that people should sh should leave the U.S., right? There are people, uh, maybe you're moved to stay, and that's perfectly fine and great. And before I forget, I thought I'd mention, I don't know if it was one, uh, someone made a comment on my Telegram uh, or, or something, but the health ranger of natural news, Mike Adams, I, I, I enjoy some of his work. He's he's in Texas, and someone made the comment that he went all around the world, all over Latin America, looking for p places to escape to, but he decided uh, he concluded that Texas was the best place to make uh, a last stand. And, you know, that's fair enough. And I think that there's a point there as well for some, you know, that might for some people, Texas is a good option to make the last stand against whatever's coming. Or I think Panama is also a good option where I am in Mexico. Again, it's all it all boils down to the individual. There, there's no one size fits all thing. And in many ways, there's nowhere to to run. uh either uh it's it's it, it kind of um it's more your your personal taste kind of as, as you were describing and i think along the same lines as you uh and so before getting more into panama or latin uh america i wanted to get your thoughts on um oh by the way you know i had on the podcast not long ago richard gage the founder of architects and engineers for uh 9 11 but to get maybe your further thoughts on the state of things uh, i like to call it the end of the world for those of us that are believers or the end of the world as we know it uh for those that aren't uh believers whichever you choose but you know we've got the whole great reset project the beast system uh if you will it seems to all be coming about global government and so forth so um w when you are looking at the state of the world what are some of the things you know the the threats the things that you see coming which has required you to then build uh, the community that you have in, in, in Panama to try to, you know, survive in the face of these threats. What, what are some of the things that you're looking at in terms of threats? So being in Panama the last seven years, I think we have an, a, a unique perspective um, because of our geopolitical vantage point being in Panama, it's kind of a crossroads for, for East and West and North and South. And we see these population movements that maybe other places don't, don't quite see. So uh, we, we moved here and, and we started seeing different groups of people that would move through either temporarily or long-term. And we first, we saw a, a, a big group of South Africans coming because of the situation in South Africa. And, um, uh, later on, we started seeing the refugees, that, as most people are aware of these, uh, or, or the immigrants that are coming in from the Darien. And when the, the, the COVID lockdowns happened and they, they closed the border between Panama and Costa Rica, and I went down to the border during that time, and this is during the Trump administration, and I noticed they had, they were still taking, there were these busloads of, of, immigrants 
moving north from Panama into Costa Rica. We have a, a refugee camp about an hour away from where we live. And um, even though I couldn't cross the border into Costa Rica, the immigration of the immigrants continued. Um, so, and, and this wasn't just a Biden thing or whatever, you know, this, this was going on, this has been going on a long time. Um, we've also, we've had people that, that have gone to, to help in these immigration camps and they have, they, we've seen, and I have digital copies of these maps that are provided by the Red Cross and they're, they're maps to get from Panama to various locations in the United States. The maps show and it's in various languages. It shows places to, to stop in, in Mexico or um, just all along the road where, where to get water, healthcare, um, kind of aid these people in their journey to, to get to the United States. So, uh, you know, part of that is that organ, uh, to me, a, uh, coordinated effort to undermine the cultures of the West. And you see similar thing happening in, in Europe and then also in the United States. Um, so we've seen that also during COVID, we, we saw, quite a few people from Europe coming here because of the COVID restrict, the strict COVID restrictions and, and, and people were waking up to, to what was going on. And we, we, people from Romania, Germany, Italy, France, um, they were all coming to figure out where to go because, you know, most of them were people that didn't agree with the, uh, uh, the, the, the what the medical establishment was trying to get everyone to do and um so a number of those people stayed here and so we have some of those people um more recently we've seen canadians coming you know after after covid they they saw what was happening and they said okay it's time time to <laughs> we've seen enough it's time to move on and so more recently we've seen groups of of canadians come and then a, a couple of weeks ago, I saw we met. I met up a, a family from Russia came here, and um, we kind of asked them, "Well, what, what's going on?" And they said, "Well, um, this this woman and and, the, and they have children, and the, and the, and the, the woman said, well, my sister's boyfriend was was conscripted, and um, he went and.'" and him and his whole squad went to the front in in Ukraine, and they all died except for him and one other guy. And her sister's boyfriend went crazy because he had never seen anything like. I mean, he they he wasn't prepared for the horrors of war and all that, and, and to see all of his friends or all of the other people die in whatever situation, but. Uh, they basically said they're leaving because of the situation in Russia. Uh, that they don't, they don't like the, what uh, the, they feel like things are going in a in a in a bad way with with Putin and, and the government there becoming more authoritarian. And um, and I think they they were fearing for their family being conscripted into and being sent to Ukraine. So um, uh, we we we. We, we've get, had this vantage point to see these people from all over the world that, that kind of pass through here, either temporarily or long term. And um, it, it helps get keep a pulse on uh, 
what's going on with world events by these people's, you know, meeting people firsthand and seeing, you know, what's actually happening in Germany, what's actually happening in Italy, what's actually happening in Russia, at least to these people. And you don't have to rely on the media to tell you all these things. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I've seen similar flood into Mexico here, you know, from 2020 uh, onward. You know, heck, heck I, I returned back to Mexico, and that wasn't my plan uh, during COVID 1984, as I uh, called it. And so, um, and so, you know, some of the themes that you bring up is is the war situation, which could escalate into you know a third world war. Uh, but you know, some of the other dangers that you see coming you know for me i always talk about and i've been talking about this before 2020 but mostly since 2020 the algorithm ghetto right the digital technocracy this global system that they want to create with mandatory digital id in all countries cashless uh, society where then if you commit a thought crime against the when i say regime i mean any national government which is now captured by international forces, super, supranational forces. And, and it's, di it's di to different degrees in some countries. Uh, I was thinking when you were talking about Panama and in public schools, they still pray. Uh, that probably won't be forever, right? I, I think you've, you know, you've probably brought, bought yourself some time, but I can imagine at some point, even in Panama, uh, they will try to do away with that. But um, you, you know, your thoughts on some of these other things that we sort of have to um, prepare for impact that, that, that are uh, incoming. Well, I, I kind of break, I, I kind of break it down into six scenarios that I keep an eye on. Okay. Uh, and, and these are informed from years uh, of watching these things and listening to people like Peter Zihan or, or Alex Jones, you know, it's, you kind of you look at the whole spectrum of what people are are predicting and, and, and geopolitically and and economically and all these things. So uh, I kind of run down the six things that I kind of keep an eye out on. So the or, or kind of expect or scenarios. And I guess the first thing is the first scenario I kind of watch for is what you may call the slow great reset. This is or, or the frog in the boiling pot. This is. Similar to what we've seen the last 75 years of the United States maintaining world leadership and influence, uh, a gradual change politically, socially, uh, kind of a morphing into this technocratic world government, but it, it's more of a slower pace. And maybe you see a continuation of these re regional wars that we've seen the last 75 years, uh, North Korea, Vietnam, Middle East, now Ukraine, you know, it's but, but it, these different wars to maintain the empire. And uh, that you see for the last 75 years, maybe this just kind of keeps continuing to, to keep things moving. And, and I, I see it as a, a combination of Brave New World and 1984. Sometimes we're in Brave New World and sometimes we're in 1984. In, in, in COVID, we were, it was like lockdown. 1984 style, then it, you know, maybe it's now releasing into more of the brave new world and everyone's just happy with their uh, technology and uh, Starbucks coffee and, and entertained. And I think it depends on where you're at. I think it depends on uh, time and place. So may maybe it's in and out of brave new world, 1984 and 
it might be 1984 in, in China, but it's Brave New World in, in the United States or some combination. Um, or in the United States, well, if you if you don't have a good social credit score, you're in 1984. But if you do have a good uh, social credit score, you're in Brave New World. <laughs> Even though you're in the same country, you are treated differently. Um, and, and I think under that scenario, there's going to be some places like right now, I, I feel like there's some places that are a bit more free. and other places that are more, uh, I, I guess, uh, the more in your uh, more controlling, and but I think, like you said, eventually it's going to be all encompassing, and everywhere is going to be some form of this surveillance state system. So that's the first scenario I see. The second scenario I see is. A, what I might call it is a fast, great reset. This is going to happen. And instead of this long boiling in the pot, all this stuff, it's going to something, something's going to happen big. And that's going to be in, in this type. I'm thinking like a, a, a economic collapse or another great depression. It's the, the, the government may call it an unprecedented economic endeavor where we're all going to have to, because of this collapse, we're going to have to really change things. And along with that would be the universal ID, the the some kind of currency change or world currency, blockchain linking to the social credit score, the your health information. And we saw a lot of this kind of get tested and, and rolled out a little bit in different countries during COVID, where you had to have these passes to travel or to get medical care or to go shopping. Um I, I think it could even limit you can't have access to the Internet unless you have this universal ID or your um, credit score is good. Um, I think this could lead to uh, the universal universal basic income. And especially if it's in conjunction with AI, artificial intelli intelligence and robot stuff taking over people's jobs. They're basically going to have to offer this UBI to keep everyone um, contained and, and 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 put them in the smart cities or the stack and pack uh, uh, pod units, and they're all going to be playing their Xboxes like uh, Ready Player One or something. But um, to some extent, some of these scenarios that these six scenarios are in line with. How and Strauss, like you mentioned, the fourth turning, um, where it looks at these generations, these generational changes, and the and, and the market cycles, and and how how I've I, I listened to how you know he's still living, and and says how you know, we're in the we're in the crisis phase, we're in the fourth turning now, and the last time this happened was the Great Depression, World War II, and it's that time of conflict, trauma, some painful transformation. And it's also a time of political polarization, like the Civil War was also one of these fourth turnings. So uh, this is a, a changing of the guard where the millennial generation will take over leadership instead of the um, baby boomers. And it'll be a reconstruction and realignment of the politics and a new, inst new institutions being established and a new order. and. How says that this is set to end around 2030. So either, you know, maybe the early 2030s or 
you know, 2028 or, you know, in kind of in that time frame from what I've heard him say. So that's kind of the second thing I've been looking at. The third thing is the depopulation agenda. We see Georgia Guidestones predicting that. Well, they destroyed those, but uh, you got the Bill Gates and these others that that are, uh, I guess you might say, hinting at this depopulation agenda, but maybe more than hinting. But I can see this either continuing in a slow way or a fast way. Do they do they implement more contraception and sterilization, medical interventions? Or, or do they do pandemics and food, doing things with the food, GMO, air, water? Uh, some people even think 5G will have something to do with it. it. Or is it some combination of all these things that all together causes people not to have children or die young or whatever it is? So that's another thing we, I, can, scenario I, I watch. Fourthly, I, 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 I watch the idea of this great awakening. Now, you hear, of course, the... <laughs> Cobra commander saying the great reset, but you have on the other side, these people saying, no, 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 it's going to be a great awakening. A lot of times this is the people that may follow QAnon and, and some of the new age spiritualist people will say, no, nah, we're on the cusp of the, uh, of a, a new great era, uh, some kind of trigger event or information release will happen and it'll expose all the globalist plans and, the bankers and the deep state and the politicians, all these people are going to get rounded up and they're all going to be judged and punished. And the people are going to rise up and we'll have new leaders. And these new leaders will uh, promise peace and prosperity and uh, some kind of fair currency like Bitcoin. And we'll have a fantastic future of space flight and life extension and a new golden age. <laughs> so. Um, if a scenario like that happened, I, I'd be pretty suspicious <laughs> uh, of these either a charismatic leader or or a group of technocrats that are are then taking over uh, for this you know, this new golden age. So, so that's another thing I look at. Just before uh, moving on, I, I think that's a good point, uh, and I, I'm not crazy. I've been talking about this. <laughs> Uh, and you're someone else independently that is also thinking about this. So that kind of confirms we're not crazy. And both of us come from a Christian perspective. And I've only been, you know, in the last months, maybe year, really thinking about this because, you know, I read everything just like you said, from Peter Zihan to Alex Jones and, you know, everything beyond and in between. And I think that's how we shouldn't uh, take in this data. Uh, and then I read you know, alternative, independent media, non-mainstream. I read mainstream and uh, alternative and independent media, some that's Christian and some that's not. And, you know, I meet with some of these people that you're mentioning. Um, and they are, they talk about Great Awakening, and they are New Age. They are theosophists, right? Some of them. Um, the Blavatsky, even though some of them don't openly discuss, but you can tell by some of their words some of these people, I mean, they talk about Christ consciousness and that everyone's got an inner trauma, which, you know, instead of using the term sin, they just say trauma. Instead of saying you need a savior, you can become Christ yourself. 
that's that's Helena Blavatsky. That's Alice Bailey and the Lucifer Publishing Company, which renamed itself to Lutz's Trust. And I've been to one of their meetings in Geneva at their headquarters. So, you know, I kind of know what I'm um, talking about. So some of these people in independent media and the Great Awakening are actually, and you know, maybe I'm stretching it, but I would also classify them as Luciferians if they if they don't call it themselves because they are new age they're pushing pushing theosophy or, or whatever their philosophy it is anti-christian and ultimately would serve the new world uh order and in some ways i think it can be argued that this great awakening could actually be the new new world order uh you yeah. know and so i think uh i think uh, i i would totally agree and i think it's important to pr- start bringing this up uh more and more and some people i think are doing this wittingly they understand what they're doing and i think others are being brought into the fold they've got no clue about this they're just attracted to the whole uh because you know the thing is it's mo- it's a lot of truth mixed with lies right and so they get brought in thinking i mean you know and, and any thought any further last thought on that before moving on well yeah i just agree with all that and i i I think, like I said, the, the, some of this QAnon movement, the Trump stuff, the white hats, the, you know, that, that everything's going to be fine. Uh, just trust the system or trust, you know, that this other group is going to come in and, and save the day. And, um, yeah, I, I would just, I'd be careful of that. I, I, I see a lot of Christians grabbing onto that too. You know, it's, uh, because it's, it's almost like the light side, you know, the light side and the dark side, and, and it looks good, and it's it's mixed with a lot of truth, but I, I think it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think those were uh, was that four? That was your fourth point. That was the Awakening? fourth one. I got, okay. I got two. I got two more. Uh, so the fifth one is you mentioned World War Three. Um, some people might call this the fall of Babylon. Uh, this is uh, this is there's a number of people that that push forward this idea some more strong than others but Joel Skousen um he's a mormon but he uh he he he, he puts forward this world war 3 as a planned destruction of the united states and west um also we look at the indicators like the deagle report wherever that came from whatever that means saying there's going to be this great depopulation of western countries uh by 2025 who knows, but somebody's putting that out there. Um, and then I, I've also seen over the years a number of people that say they have seen visions or received visions from God um, about this destruction of the United States. Now, uh, about 40 years ago in the mid-1980s, there were a couple people that claimed to see, have these visions from God, a guy named Dimitri Dudeman from Romania. He's a Romanian pastor who, who smuggled Bibles during in the Cold War uh, into Russia and into Romania, and he was imprisoned and tortured. Uh, he came to the United States. They, they took him out of the uh, out of the prisons in Romania and were able to get him to the United States. But he said he saw this vision, um, and also a man named Henry Groover. And these guys basically they they I mean, you can look into that stuff, but basically they're saying that this is it. God's going to judge the United States for, you know, for all the things that it's done and, and, and this lack of repenting for, for, for what it's done to, uh, to children, to, uh, to the, to the world. And, um, they say that the beginning 
these according to these visions that it will first start off being an internal conflict, a civil strife, a political political fighting or or almost like a civil war like a beginnings of a civil war type situation and then all of a sudden that the power will go out that will either come from a the, the an attack on the electrical grid or an emp and then also in conjunction with that is the communications are cut the communication lines no communications so everything goes dark in in, in at least in the united states according to these people and and then these the submarines surface on both coasts and they hit targets. The coastal cities and military targets are hit. And then presumably a land invasion follows that. And um, this is, this is what Joel Skousen who wrote this strategic relocation. He says, this is the next thing that's going to happen. It's not going to be an economic downturn or economic collapse or, or anything else. That, that this third world, this planned third world war is going to be next, that it was that this has been planned for years and it's all part of the plan to usher in the next stage of world government. You kind of have to take out the United States to move forward. And I was listening to an interview with Peter Zihan uh, from the interview was a year ago and he was directly asked, can't what about subs and submarines? coming from the east and west coast from Russia and China, because Zion was talking about how, how Russia and China are in, are in such desperate situation based on their demographics and everything going on that they, this, they only have a certain window of time to do anything before the, the, their, every, you know, everything as they know it is going down. So, so some, this, this guy asked them, well, what about this sneak attack by the Russians and Chinese? Could that happen? And, and Peter Zion said they would see it coming. The United States would see it coming. And then I, I was thinking, well, if you read according to the books, I don't know if you read these books. It's called the, the Day of Deceit or the book is Pearl Harbor Declassified. And both of the, these books say that the United States did know that Pearl Harbor was coming and they did nothing to stop it. Um, so. For Peter Zion to say, oh, well, they'll see it coming. Okay, well, they'll see it coming. But are they going to let it happen because they want it to happen? Or I don't know. Um, so so that's the the fifth scenario that I keep an eye yeah, out yeah, on. And just to add, uh, you know, I, I do have a right, – right, uh, people can't really see it. I have a physical copy of Day of Deceit somewhere uh, behind me. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a good book. Um, and, yeah, I've I've – heard Joel, Joel Skelson's interviews over the years and I've had Jeff Nyquist on the program as well who's uh very much along the lines of Joel Skelson and I think he also posits that thesis uh and 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 then your your sixth uh and and final point there was what's uh what's the <laughs> okay, last okay. one well this might be the most extreme or crazy but uh, uh I, I call it the uh, final card uh this is the deceptive alien invasion or arrival now, this has been predictive programming for more than 100 years. In 1897, H.G. Wells wrote the book War of the Worlds. In 1938, Orson Wells did the radio broadcast that was, to me, kind of a test to see where people were at. And, and according to uh, reports is that, that people were legitimately scared for their life and getting shotguns and going out to 
go fight the Martians that were attacking in 1938 because of this radio broadcast. Uh, but we've had a hundred years of prepping with movies, books, TV, even science, kind of pushing this panspermia theory where life was seeded from uh, on Earth from from somewhere else. And then in the 1980s, you remember the, the Ronald Reagan saying, if only the world would unite against a common threat, some exterior alien force or whatever, um, if the world could unite against a common foe. Um, so, so this has been hinted at in so many ways for so many years, and, and some might call it the return of the gods or the return of our space brothers and the beginning of a new utopia and, and the promise of human upgrades. And if something like this was to happen, you know, you have the UFO landing on the White House lawn. I, I don't know if, if, if how much of that would be real versus illusion for, you know, here Project Bluebeam or what technology is does the United States have and they could fake the whole thing and just be a big false flag. Um, but you may be familiar with Werner von Braun and his assistant, Carol Rosen. And Carol Rosen says that you know, Werner von Braun was the Nazi rocket scientist that the United States brought, o- brought over with Project Paperclip to lead NASA. So uh, according to Carol, she says that Werner von Braun told, told her that the final card to play would be a false alien threat, that this some kind of alien invasion or arrival would be the the final card played and um so i is she just making this stuff up i don't know i mean this <laughs> it's kind of crazy but um on a side note Werner von braun wrote a book in 1953 called project mars and you might have heard this is that in that book there's a group of people that go and colonize Mars, and the leader of the group is called Elon. So you're going to tie in with uh, with Musk on that, but just with this whole with all this, it's just uh, yeah, it kind of sounds unbelievable. But I um, I, I got to I put it in my list of scenarios to keep an eye on. No, I th- I think you're spot on, and everything you know, all of those scenarios. Uh, you know, I I haven't whittled mine down to a specific number, but. I've uh, been thinking about all of those things that you've mentioned. And again, this isn't conspiracy theory. This is what you just laid out, documented in in government documents, in entertainment, which is driven by um, the government, the Hollywood Pentagon complex. I've had a guest on in the past. We've got declassified by five material that basically, you know, in, in some ways, the Pentagon runs uh, the Hollywood. Uh, you know, it's it's the CIA, Pentagon propaganda. A lot of it steeped in the occult uh, itself, and I think of that. What's that uh, alien movie with Ridley Scott? One of the later ones. I can't, now I can't remember the name. Where panspermia? That's the idea. You know, they're trying to make us think. I think that's part of the idea. Where, and, and that goes into the Great Awakening New Age group. Yeah. So you've got yeah. these two forces from the top and bottom, where they want us ultimately to believe there is no Jesus, there is no God. Um, discard that because now the aliens are our gods you know and people like Stephen greer and others are he's already like communing with these spirits that he, he talks about that i think he said next year some big event is supposed to happen and so uh yeah and and so then you know to get before getting uh you know to discuss what you're doing 
well, let's get into that. Then your community in in, in Panama, I, I've seen video footage uh, of it. People can go to the website, and so basically, um, you know, people can rent and and live there or buy property. Uh, so tell us about uh, you know the community that you've developed at Corazon del Cielo. So we uh, we have about we have seven hectares here, and um, we've been working for the last seven years on developing the property with uh, and and the idea is so it, so we have a master plan that has lots for private lots for people to buy, and then uh, part of the community is garden areas and greenhouses and also a an area we call a village area so we have we have kind of an overall vision for the project here and, and it includes entrepreneurial work and reaching the community and being part of the community and being prepared for any of these scenarios or or none of the scenarios you know uh and I, I feel like this is the the answer to all these scenarios is the same, whether it's all of these or none of these is, well, first, you know, being a Christian, I think get, getting right with God and repenting and, and having faith in Jesus. But second is becoming part of a community of like-minded people. And whether that's here with us in Panama or in Texas or in Mexico, um, you know, I, I kind of see this as a, all around the world. Hopefully, these these areas will, will 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 pop up, and we lay out seven stages to this vision that we have. So the first stage is unification of like-minded individuals. So these are they might be family and friends, or they might be people. People you might be totally ostracized from your family and friends, and it's going to be people from you find online or wherever. But first is it, it, having these some like-minded people. Second stage is establishing a physical community somewhere, somewhere that's a sustainable location to be prepared for some of these scenarios. And uh, the third stage is developing an emphasis on education, mentorship, discipleship, raising up the next generation. Um, I don't know if we haven't, I don't know how much time we have. We, uh, the, the the fourth turning may end in the next ten years. And, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, maybe we have till twenty seventy. Maybe we have another thousand years. But in any case, we want to prepare our children and 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 prepare for the next generation. Um, fourth stage is developing private business and institutional organizations. This is kind of the setting up the parallel structures as a uh, a way to be outside the system. You know, if, if this B system is coming, this you can't buy or sell without having the ID and, and, and all these things, well, then you need to have a, an alternative system in place and start developing these private businesses and and, and along with that, growing you know, people, growing food or, or uh, making necessary things. Um, the fifth stage is then networking with professionals and organizations locally. So it's really hard to do everything that you need by yourself or even with a small community. But you want to what, do what you can to reach out to local farmers, local producers, local suppliers. And get these people on board and, and ready 
before something happens, you can uh, kind of agree with them beforehand. Hey, let's let's set up a barter system. I, I you know I can trade work or trade time or trade uh, materials for 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 different things. If you start setting these things up before, then you'll be ready when when the beast system really comes down on us. Um, the sixth thing is to then expand to regional and international networks. So not just being just local, but hopefully we get outreach your your region or internationally. You know, us being here, we reach over into Panama City, over into Costa Rica, other parts of Central America, South America, start developing those relationships and networks now and and um, have that network in place and you can learn from each other, trade with each other. And if something happens in one location, okay, well, I'm gonna go up to the Mexico location. Things are better off there. It's not 1984 there, it's still Brave New World. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's easier to, to survive. But, um, and then the last stage, and this is kind of optimistic, but it's developing economic zones or charter cities. If we have, if, if things work out in a, in a longer term timeline, then try to develop a, a re make a regional impact. Start uh, reaching the local community and, and and improving the local community and and having a long term goal and a long term plan for uh, economically and um, a, a preservation of uh, of free market ideas and, and and this type of thing. So those are the the seven stages that that we're, our vision is trying to go toward. Um, a lot of that involves doing local entrepreneurship, starting businesses, and um, being self sufficient. And, and here on the property, uh, we have a couple families that have already already doing a uh, hundred percent organic farming. Uh, we have. Uh, we have a dairy cow. We milk a cow. Drink raw milk. We have. We we've been planting trees, banana trees. We've had. We have chickens. We we've, we've tried goats. We've tried sheep. We've tried rabbits. Uh, so a lot of this stuff. You need to do it sooner rather than later because there's a lot of there's a big learning curve on some of these things, and the sooner you can start developing these communities. I think the better. I mean, I don't know how, how big a window of time we have before the next lockdowns or the ne whatever thing might be implemented to keep people from being able to travel. So that that's what we're doing here. Um, anyone's welcome to to come visit or do, I, I do interviews with Zoom calls or whatever to answer questions if, if this place might be a good fit for you. Um, if not, somewhere else. Um, but we want to we want to have those. We, we try to maintain connections with people from all over the world. We have, we know people and that, that have come here long-term and maybe, or short-term and maybe they went back to Romania. They went back to uh, South Africa. They went back to Australia. Oh, you know, things look like they're settling down. It's okay to move back. And so, but we want to maintain those connections and also maintain, try to have the network and connections with other communities that might be developing around the world. Yeah, you know, if things get bad in Mexico, maybe you'll see me uh, in in uh, Panama. And, you know, out of the many communities that I've learned about, um, I mean, honestly, I think yours 
for me uh has has called more uh attention because i think well for me again everyone's got their own variables uh but because you're christian because you're Latin american panama i think panama is a good uh location so for me personally uh i i i i'm actually very interested in your uh corazon del cielo um community in in panama for for all you know maybe there's people listening that are out in asia uh, and maybe they're Maybe they're Asian. Maybe they've got an Asian spouse. Maybe they speak one of the languages in Asia. Uh, and so they might prefer something in Asia. For me, I think, uh, you know, Mexico, Panama is also a good option. We got people, you know, Matt Smith, who's been on the podcast. I don't know if he's listening. Shout out, uh, you know, and Doug Casey down in Uruguay. Uh, some of my listeners uh, have, have gone down there. And so there are all these different options. And so, you know, I, for me personally, I kind of like what you what you've got going on because we're spiritually on the same uh frequency and so um the your 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 website link is in the description you've got a facebook and an instagram and on your website you've got i think your email i think there's a phone number people can contact you and so you know in in closing any other thoughts something that we've missed or, or final thoughts uh uh and 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 so forth well we also have a, a youtube channel um Fortunately, we, we, we don't do too many things. We haven't at this point done anything too controversial as to get us banned, but um, uh, we kind of feel like that we're using that platform to, because I think it reaches the, the widest audience. But uh, we're looking at extending onto Rumble and these other, other platforms. But I appreciate the time as, uh, and um, appreciate what you're doing and getting this information and, and just informing people about the geopolitical situation and 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 helping people be mentally prepared for for what's coming well uh, again you know uh thanks for coming on corazon del cielo.com uh is the website and maybe i'll, I'll see you one of these days uh, in panama oh come on down <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes, Facebook restricts our page, Reddit and Twitter take down posts, and after the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help geopolitics and empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.